Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Blurg. Wait. In today's episode, Liz explores a new romantic opportunity with the hair, a seemingly perfect paramour with exceptional follicular integrity. What could possibly go wrong? You just wait and see. I incest. In other storylines, Kenneth becomes Jack's boss as part of NBC's bottom-up program, which is exactly as gay as you'd hope. And Tufer and Frank help Tracy write his memoir. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. doing here i don't know i've never met brian williams but his dressing room has to be cleaned up every day between 11 and 11 30. that way by the time mr williams gets back from the liquor store it's nice and tidy uh kenneth a friend of mine tipped me off about a position in our aviation division it's an entry level only of course Is this tube sock filled with bird seed oh yes sir just put it in the basket with the others ah at any rate i'd be happy to put in a good word for you what and leave show business no, thank you. Kenneth, what's your plan? Oh, well, I like to start cleaning in one corner and then work my way across the room in a zigzag. No, 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 no. Your life plan. You're learning nothing here. You're doing nothing here. You're a punching bag. I like this job. Kenneth, this is not a job. This is an exercise in constant humiliation. You're fired. <laughs> I beg your pardon? You said I'm your boss for today. So I fire you. What do you it. think of this episode, Nicholas? Um, I loved it so much. This is one of my favorites. I think I do love the trope where it's um, just like a burgeoning romance between someone who doesn't know if they're ready for love and they find it and they completely flip it on its head and they take so many of those typical moments and infuse a very 30 Rock vibe to it. So... I'm into it, 100%. Every single storyline in it is great. Um, I love the actor who plays the hair. A lot of people will recognize him as Mariska Hargitay's husband or one of the love interests in Younger, a show that I adore, but Julie does not. I adore Julie abhors, and that's fine. He was also on Law & Order Special Victims Unit where he met Mariska Hargitay and played an attorney for years. But he looks amazing in this episode. He is smoking hot. They have... His name's Peter Peter Herman, by the way. Of course it is. Um, So you should watch Younger at your own risk because two people who absolutely adore 30 Rock, Julie and I, are very divided on whether or not this show is worthwhile. So I think the ratings speak for themselves and uh, (laughs) the people have spoken. Anyway, this episode starts part of it. They're in Jack's office and he's talking to Kenneth. Yeah, so Jack said he's going to bottom up and he's going to punch him so hard. What does he say? I'm going to bottom you so hard. I'm going to ride you so hard. That's what he says to Kenneth. Yeah, he was like, uh, I'm going to be your bottom, Kenneth. I want you to ride me as hard as you can. And then uh, 
God. Well, first, I've been. All my dreams come true. First, Kenneth walks in and he says, hey, you want to see me, Mr. Donaghy? He's like, listen, if it's about that Clementine and craft services, they already talked to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a strong Kenneth episode. Like, this is the most Kenneth play we get thus far him. in the series, I think. I love him. So for uh, Kenneth lovers, well, all of us are Kenneth lovers, but not to the level that Julie is. So this is this is a real treat. He's so pure and sweet and funny and out <laughs> there. Like, and I just love him so much. I don't want to make I out with him. I just like him. I also love that you uh, <laughs> you spent like two seconds just smiling for the non-existent camera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you two are on the other side of a, an existent camera at this moment. Well, that's true. Yeah, you no. used and to I smile at a red light that was not a camera and wasn't <laughs> aimed at anyone. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's the appropriate amount of gayness um, because obviously, just as Liz and Jack shouldn't work as a romantic duo, neither should Jack and Kenneth. Um, Kenneth, I prefer viewing as just like an asexual being, even though he does have a little fling with a page later, but God, I just love, I just love how game Alec Baldwin is for all the gay jokes always. So beautiful. They earned that glad award. Let me tell you. He is hilarious. Love I'm going to be your bottom, Kenneth. I want you to ride me as hard as you can. Sploosh. Goddamn. Uh, then we tra- go to Tracy, who's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry was me talking about sex up making yeah. you uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> Blur, blech. It's just like, yeah. It's about to get worse, though, because Tracy's been up all night at a party, and they were girls in cages, and not like dancing cages, but the kind you like create a pit bull in. Which doesn't sound good. No. Um, no, I was very much on the that is upsetting line, because Frank thought that was awesome, and Twofer <laughs> thought it was upsetting, and I'm very much with Twofer. One of the rare times that I like agree with Twofer about anything, really. Um, I do love when shows will explicitly say the year in which they were filmed or airing in an episode because it gives me helpful context. I don't have to Google or IMDb. Um, so that's a cute little time saver that Tracy gave us when they were like January 17th, mark it down. And he's like 2007. And that also serves as an important plot device because we segue into Tracy realizing that his memoir is due tomorrow, January 18th. In case you needed to know what 17 plus one was. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, Frank's hat says smells on it, which is one of my favorite hats. So sweet. Um, we've completely neglected to mention the head or the hair, and that's the cold open, which is uh, them flashing back to being in an elevator with two guys. One, the attractive hair, and the other one, the head, who seems like a perfectly fine gentleman, no. but he does, he's he like super into... I was trying not to make any like snap judgments and I realized who I was. <laughs> no, I mean, first of all, he's not like aesthetically pleasing, which is fine. But then he is like obsessed with his own weird watch that doesn't make any sense that you can't read time from. So he sucks. Bye. But apparently he's perfect for Liz, according to Jenna and Pete, which is like a very, it feels like a brunch conversation that they're having, which is, I'm not used to that sort of relationship with Pete and Jenna and Liz to have their like, oh my God, this is like so good for you. It is good for you. I mean, they're still in the context of like, (laughs) you're a French made werewolf. No, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. They're like, you should go for him because he's an even bigger loser than you are. So you can, you know, (laughs) take a swing at a softball that's coming your way right now which is not nice and he's gross and jenna is not a hair my goodness six five not with that hair certainly it's just like it just looks very frayed you know it's like if you looked at her hair under a microscope it would just be like you don't need a microscope if you look at her hair with the naked (laughs) eye it looks frayed and over processed 
You know, I wear glasses, so my eyes are never naked, and that feels like an attack. I feel very attacked. I even sleep with my glasses, okay? So that's why I break so many glasses. I would really like to be sponsored by like a glasses company. I buy direct. Where you at? Where you at, guys? That's fair. So anyway, that's where we're first introduced to the head and the hair. Um, the hair is supposed to be the uh, the analog for Jenna, which again, yeah, not seeing at all. Jenna is Jenna is neither of those people. Jenna is looking straight into the elevator doors at herself. Liz or Tina Fey must have a type because Peter Herman and John Hamm have a very similar look, right? They're both like tall, dark hair, kind of goofy looking, but gorgeous, strong. You know what I mean? John Hamm and Peter Herman look a lot alike. They're in the same pool of hotness, I think. Yeah, not the same gene pool, unlike Liz and uh, the hair, Aww, as we'll find so out. Oh, so sad. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I fucking, I fuck with that energy, which is like, hey, I'm running a show. Here are my romantic partners. Who are they going to be? Peter Herman, John Hamm. Like, amazing. It feels sort of like the please like me guy who's like, I'm going to have really hot boyfriends and you can't do anything about it because it's my show. Mindy Kaling said she's starting her own show because she wanted to make out hot guys. So Jack shows up late for his first page and first and only page day. And I think Kenneth <laughs> is eating a can of chickpeas. I can't tell. I tried to look. It looks to me like he's eating a can of chickpeas, but I couldn't, I couldn't see. It's tough. Either way, he's cleaning up um, Brian Williams. Oh my God. Staging area, room, office, what have you. And it's a fucking disaster. I think they call that Much- a dressing room in the TV land. Is that what they call it in the biz? Maybe. In the biz? In the business. A dressing room. Cute. Um, So yeah, they're in there. It's a fucking disaster. Brian Williams, I looked it up, has been in eight episodes of 30 Rock. So he's been in more episodes of 30 Rock than he's been in like actual news stories post 2015. Cancel culture. Sorry, Brian Williams. So what are you going to do? Bye. It's, I mean, I guess, like, report real things that happened in Iraq and not whatever you did. <laughs> Terrible. Well, <laughs> his dressing room is that of a psycho killer. And he's, Kenneth says he has to clean it every day from 11 to 11.30. <laughs> now, here comes my biggest laugh of the episode. Where is it? Wait. Go ahead. Because mine also comes from the scene, so I'm very excited to hear yours. <laughs> so Jack says, you know, a, a sock filled with bird seed. He's like, just put them with the others. And then Jack <laughs> says to him... Wait, no, that was my biggest laugh. I can't believe oh, you scrolled past that. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, <laughs> for some reason, that line fucking tickled me. I was like, the fact that, first of all, there's a tube sock full of birdseed and that there are others, and he's just like super used to it. Anyway, I fucking died. <laughs> well, right after that comes the truly funniest moment of the episode when Jack says, what's your plan? He goes, well, I like to start cleaning in one corner and then work my way across the room. Zigzag. Like, just... He, nobody is better at playing just, you know, in the moment, totally present. Yeah. He's like the Buddha, right? What's your plan, Kath? Well, I like to start in the corner and zigzag my way across. That's my no, that was, that was silver medalist for life. That whole, I mean, Kenneth has a superstar episode. That scene is fucking hilarious and the zigzag was my, uh, was my number two. And later on when he's cleaning <laughs> off the Katie Girk sucks from the wall. I mean, they are not kidding. <laughs> I wonder, like, is it just because they've all worked at NBC for so long? Like, how does Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon know Brian Williams so well? Because he's in a lot of their shit. I think he always wants to be, is the thing. He's always, like, hanging around, (laughs) trying to get on the show. You're just like, okay, Brian. He was always trying to get on SNL. Then we head to the uh, 
So she ends up going upstairs. Tina Fey goes, Liz Lemon goes upstairs to look for the head or to go look for the hair, to the head and ask him out on a date. She looks to give the hair head. No. She goes upstairs to give the head head. Head head. She's head going square. up to ask the dork guy out. Yeah. And then she ends and up instead, running into the hair and he's like. Whose name is Gray, which yes. like not super into. But you are. And so like I'll give it a second go around. He was on Peter Herman was on a couple of soap operas. So I think it's a play on that. Because they're always named like Drake or Gray or Emerald Isle. I don't know. <laughs> Colors. <laughs> Colors. Colors. Colors is an amazing film with Sean Penn and Ice-T. Colors. That's the theme song. So she goes upstairs and says to the secretary, you know, I'm looking for the head. And she's like, the head of what? And she's like, how am I going to do this? And then out comes the hair with no tie, one button down, and a lot of skin showing. Hello. I like how for you that's a lot of skin. <laughs> he like literally has just like an inch below his clavicles at most, and it's just like humana, humana. In the workplace, beauty beach. Is this too hot to handle? You bet. <laughs> Which I imagine that that is what you wear on a beach. It's just like a slow cut sweater that does just barely expose your clavicles. Yeah, well, my sister lives in Northern California where it's not that warm. So yes, I do. <laughs> So he says, you've been calling me the hair. What if I called you glasses? She's like, uh, I'll, be, I'll be okay with that. He's like, well, good, because I was looking for you too. <laughs> Sploosh. So yeah, her panties are just like completely wet at this. Well, it's Liz Lemon, so none of this applies. But I that was third. That was my bronze medal line where she was just like, I'd be fine with it. Honestly, you call me glasses. Because I've been called glasses many times. Um, that's been like my official nickname. Someone's gone around in a circle to be like, okay, you're this, you're this, you're this, all based on funny, intimate stories they have together. And it'll be like, and Nick, you're uh, glasses. And they'll move on. I'm like, all right. <laughs> that seems that seems fair. <laughs> um, But then he asked her out, to which Liz has complete disbelief, which is like a running theme throughout this episode. She's just like, why? What? Huh? You want to go out? It's terrifying. It's probably a joke. Why is this happening? Who's told you to play a trick on me? Did Jenna hire you to have sex with me? Does everyone know what's going on? Because those things are real. She's not paranoid, people. They are coming for her. But yes, in this case, he really did just like her. Well, then we go to the bar with Liz and she walks in by herself. She passes a lady with a small dog with an outfit on and says, hey, hey, how you doing? To the dog, which I thought was pretty funny. And then <laughs> she, she looked right at the dog. She's like, hey, how's it going? And then um, she runs into Gray and he introduces her to his friends who are Chiara, Francesca, Talbot, and Armand. And then he says, what the can I get you to drink? of pretension. Yes. <laughs> She's like, all the a Pinot, Pinot Grigio, Grigio. Obvious. Is, is, that, is that wrong? Is that bad? <laughs> All of it is like, first of all, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of parallels between it. Despite our differences, we have a lot of parallels. Also, you and I both are very extroverted introverts where our common state is to be withdrawn and alone and at home and watching television, which is a big reason why we're here. And (laughs) being out in public, especially in a new situation, in a new environment with people we do not know, in a pretentious-ass Soho bar... God damn, I don't even know if I'd make it to Pinot Grigio. I would just like be talking with the dog all night. You know I'd be in my dance pants in the corner just ashamed. I mean, at some point I can turn it on if need be, but getting there, it's full Liz Lemon. He, I like the Asian guy. 
<laughs> Terrible. No, yeah. didn't, no way. There's no way I would have met that guy ever. I would be pretty sure he was going to kill me. Why else would he ask me out? No. <laughs> have you ever gone on a date where you like assume that they're probably going to murder you, but you go to a public place and you have someone text or call you just to make sure you're like, all right. I had the reverse. I thought the guy was like a super funny little like nerd guy who I met at a local watering hole, Murphy's, I think. And then he turned out to be a gun toting uh, white supremacist. So I had no Brutal. idea I was going to be murdered. I thought he was a, I thought, I thought he was the head and I was the hair yeah. and it turned yeah. out I was just me and he was a fucking right wing psychopath. So, he was blowing both the head and hair off of people with his gun wild yeah and you wonder why i don't want to leave the house i mean come on it's dangerous out there you could get you could get svood (laughs) svud that's how you pronounce it svood i think that's svood plus something (laughs) so they end up in a bodega she's trying to buy a bottle of water i don't remember how they get to this bodega with a hundred dollar bill because she leaves we cut to jenna because liz calls her and jenna's like i discovered i'm not ahead and then starts playing american pie on a fucking recorder because he's putting the fun and funky yeah anyone who bring out your guns and your confederate flag instead right i mean anyone who has a recorder either is a montessori music teacher or someone you should not be associating with if well, you have a if you have a recorder 40s, handy, yeah, it's not good. That guy's old. So they find out while they're at the bodega that they have public rage in common. I don't injustice rage <laughs> shared. Yeah, it, I mean it does feel very typical for Liz Lemon. The opening scene of the pilot episode is her chastising people for not following the rules. So this she's very rule oriented. She reminds me of like a one in the Enneagram scale, where it's just like you need to follow rules. If you're not, fuck you. And so, they, I mean, honestly, it's a very Liz Lemon meet cute, or I guess like affirming that they're actually meeting cutely where they're chastising a convenience store worker. <laughs> so it just feels very on brand for her. They're like, but it's they legal him because like, you have to take it. You're holding up the line. No, you're, you're holding, holding up, up the, the line. line. Oh, well, let's do Beautiful. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, fuck yeah, let me go up to your loft right now. I do love the little spiel that Liz has where she's just like, um, my favorite part of it is like, and if you're a gay guy looking for a beard, I, I don't do, do that, that anymore. anymore. <laughs> I don't have any money if that's what you're looking for. And I have an uncle who's a cop. To which he's like, I mean, we all have we all have uncles who are cops. Like yes. every single uncle is a cop. Especially right? these two. <laughs> it's the same uncle. Oh, everybody. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> oh my ah, god. You're so sweet. Read a book, Nick. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, and I don't take offense to that. Um have you ever been the beard to a gay guy? I've obviously been the gay guy to a beard. Uh <laughs> I mean, no. I think everybody knew they were gay. I mean, I brought a gay guy to my prom. I was, yeah. you know, the gay guys moved in with me. You heard about that in the last episode. Uh, you know, no. I don't think anybody was like pretending to be straight and I was supposed to be their girlfriend. They were just like, yeah. I'm gay. She's unattractive. Here we go. <laughs> oh my God. That is not at all half true. That is probably true. You're wild. Yeah, the first half is. <laughs> Sorry, that party was just a little too awesome for me. Do you want to go someplace else, just the two of us? 
Okay, what's your game, friend? Game? There's no game. What are you talking about? I don't have any money, if that's what you're after. And I'm not one of those girls that does weird stuff in bed because they think they have to. If you're a gay guy looking for a beard, I don't do that anymore. And if you're trying to harvest my organs and sell them, I have an uncle who's a cop, so don't even try. Hey, we all have uncles who are cops, so just take it down a notch. No, hundreds. Small bills. Oh, I knew this was gonna happen. Store policy. Yeah, well, that's an illegal policy. You have to take this. No, I don't. Yeah, sir, you do. See, it says right here, legal tender for all debts, public and private. Does it say anything about a hundred for a bottle of water? You can't decide what money you'll accept. That's illegal. It's an illegal policy. You're holding up the line. No, no you're, you're holding up the line. We are back in, I'm going back to Brian Williams' office. Are we not there yet? She he she runs into the hair the next morning before she's about to head into work, and he she's talking about how great it was to go out last night because she's starting to do things that she's never done before and it's really good for her. And he's like, "Have you ever skipped work to go to a movie? You can't skip work at Thirty Rock. Come on!" But anyway, so she agrees to do it, and then she calls Pete and fakes being sick and then pretends to throw up by throwing her coffee out, which is really cute. And then Jack, of course, is there to shame her, but he doesn't. He says, "Lemon." Seems like you're not feeling Go very on. well. Perhaps <laughs> you should take the day off. Super Which, romantic. And nice um, evolution in their relationship because the Liz and Jack relationship and dynamic that we've grown so accustomed to is sort of begrudging support. Like ultimately, there is an undercurrent of just trust and mutual appreciation between the two. And that wasn't felt prior to the mentorship and a little bit after. And now it's like, Oh, we're really getting this connection of like, these are two people who do genuinely care for each other super platonically. And I feel like they were trying to really hammer in the platonic. This will never be a romantic relationship in earlier episodes that now we can finally feel the fruits of that relationship's labor, which is, uh, which is sweet. I also love how specific she was in her, sort of playing hooky call that was masterfully done. And I've done that a lot. And that was one of the most exceptional ones. Well, I hope they have a great day. I wonder what movie they went to go see. <laughs> I hope Possibly they have a great day. <laughs> <the> rural juror. <laughs> what is it? That psychological issue where you begin to think that fictitious things on TV are actually real life, because I feel like we're developing that super hard right now. I already have that. I'm fine with that. That delusion <laughs> makes my life better. Speaking I mean, honestly, of which, acceptance... the director of this episode is Gail Mancuso, who directed five episodes of the Gilmore Girls. So in my mind, they're off having fun somewhere, all those characters, even if it's just in Amy Sherman Palladino's brain. But, you know, is I it set illusion? A... Uh, is it creativity? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a nice intersection that works very well for us. So Jack now has a heart-to-heart with Kenneth about getting him a real job in aviation and Kenneth says you're fired. He loves his job. It's a true American art form. All the shared experiences we have together, like this podcast, the moon landing, the Golden Girls finale, Oprah when she wheeled out her garbage bag of fat in the wagon, which I remember very well, the glory and the pageantry of the Summer Olympics, and the less fun Winter Olympics. Um, it is a very cute ode. And in true 30 Rock fashion, whenever you have like these extreme moments, um, 
of sentimentality, there's an immediate cut thereafter. So Kenneth has his whole diatribe soliloquy about the beauty of television, which is very sweet and feels earnest. Then immediately a pizza falls off the ceiling of Brian Williams' dressing room. Speaking of disastrous TV moments, though, Kenneth pitches a show called Gold Case, which is the intersection between Millionaire and um, Dealer Dealer No Deal. It feels entirely like Deal or No Deal. I don't really yeah. see the uh, millionaire part, but like, whatever, I'm into it. Um, and he later has a pitch meeting where he's already uh, sort of told his idea to moon vest, <laughs> which they misconstrue appropriately as Les Moonves, the head of CBS. And Not anymore. Canceled. Another person who's canceled. I'm more canceled than Brian Williams, I would say, if there's okay. like a ranking of canceled, like hardcore more canceled. But uh, it turns out to be Radio Man, the <laughs> homeless guy who's in like hundreds of cameo moments and a lot of movies and TV shows. His name is uh, Craig Castaldo, if anyone was curious. Give me your fingernails. <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't even that aggressive. It was just like, no, I'm good. I think no. I'm going to keep my fingernails. But like, have a great day, sir. Because Kenneth it. is the Buddha and I'm going to fight for that. Another, I mean, honestly, this episode can just be like ranking your favorite Kenneth moments. And this is uh, my bronze medal Kenneth moment, which is when they're in the meeting and the executive's like, well, how do we make your show? And it was like, well, I thought y'all would know how to get the cameras and stuff. Oh, my God. It's so cute. And he's like, well, I thought y'all would know where the cameras are. But then he knows how to ask for points on the back end and foreign distribution deals. Kenneth's no dummy. Mm-mm. Kenneth. No, I mean, he knows Paul all about sale. television. Karen Ellen Parcell, he's uh, he's going to rule the world in five years, or will uh, be dead by his hand. Well, but we didn't choose. All right, Emma and Nick, would you choose a show where you watch an ex-porn star who talks to ghosts, or a remake of Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> remake of Little House, one hundred percent. I mean, I one hundred percent know that that's going to be your answer too, Julie. I um, I would pro- no, I would watch the Little House on the Prairie. That would be mine. I feel like it's a distant call ahead to milf island at some point they talk about having people in the house and fat kids and yeah i feel like it's gonna happen but now we finally get to go on our our date with the hair and they end up back at his apartment in new york which the elevator opens into his apartment it is holy moly macanoli amazing apartment right Mm -hmm. that apartment's 20 million dollars right now yeah her boobs are out (laughs) i know Liz That's Lemon good. has cleavage in this episode with like some sort of. <laughs> You're very into the upper clavicle action. You're like, first of all, he's got a button unbuttoned and Liz Lemon has her titties out. How There's often a lot do you happening. see Liz Lemon's cleavage? So the things she doesn't do, she doesn't smoke. She doesn't use drugs except her allergy medication. She doesn't download music without paying for it. And she never wears flip flops. Do we ever find out what is wrong with her toes? I don't think so. It's like a common callback where she only wears socks with sandals if she even wears sandals. Um, yeah, because she never wears sandals, but there was a moment of growth where she was like, I did wear flip-flops, obviously, with black socks. I don't know if it's like a Tina Fey thing that bled over or, I mean, I guess we're not a very good 30 Rock podcast because we don't know the answer to this. So. Well, we've got a couple episodes to figure it out. we got a while. That's true. We'll do it. We'll do our research. This By is the me. End, uh, we're gonna have this is me typing Tina Fey on this podcast. So a hundred. I mean, we're in talks right now. Watch They're me. imaginary talks. <laughs> watch, watch me whip. Watch me nay nay. Watch, me, watch me get Tina Fey. Watch me nay nay. Uh. 
Um, Ew. So then so yeah. the episode turns for me when he asks her to sit on his lap. Yuck. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, Emma's so, shaking her head. Like, uh. Yeah. No, it's... No, I think like, that's universally disgusting. It's it? Okay, for some. Yeah. I you mean, know, there are I, so many things that are normal that I find creepy that I have to check in with other people. <laughs> like, is this okay? I don't... I don't like the idea. So, like, I did actually think about this a fair bit because there's so little going on in my life. And... I do like I've had people sit on my lap before and been like, oh, this is a cute, tender moment. But seeing other people sit on other people's laps, whether in person or more frequently for me in television, it is very off putting. But the insistence on the first, it just feels weirdly like paternal, which maybe they were trying to lead into like their family. (laughs) And he hasn't they haven't kissed at all yet. Yeah, no. My first kiss is when I was sitting on your lap. <laughs> One of the many awkward things that can happen with first kisses is sort of like judging the distance, especially if there's a height disparity or like making up that middle. And I feel like if you're sitting on someone's lap, at least it's sort of easier to position a pivot. Like I have a very, let's say gargantuan nose. And so I have to do a lot of pivoting action to get in. So I'm not just like beaking someone. Like I want to be necking someone. I don't want to be like literally poking them out with my beak. You know? So like it's easier to judge the distance when it's closer. You do not have like an extra large nose. You have a regular size nose. No, but it's like, it's something your ability to kiss someone. What it does mean the angle that I have to go to has to be a little bit sharper. So she's sitting on his lap and he they're talking and he's like touching her hair and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. he's just about to go in for the kill. And say, she says, why do you have a picture of my grandma on your side table? Which, first of all, why the hell? It's not even her grandma. It's like her great aunt. Why does he have that picture in the first place? Do you have pictures of your great aunts? Just like willy nilly? And not just like not, not on a wall, like in your main sitting. Emma, you do? <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. <laughs> Okay, it was just difficult for me to suspend my disbelief where it's just like, that's the only photo that's yeah. in your it felt living room. super clean. In that super modern... Minimalist house, apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Home, well, and, penthouse, whatever it was. Well, and that was Liz's great aunt, but it was his grandmother's cousin. So, like... <laughs> it's not, like, her sister, it's her cousin. So, like... That's weird. You know? So, You're like... Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Like, really? Like, Okay. <laughs> Um, so Darley, Dolly Harlan would be my drag name, and um, I do think that I will be performing as her soon um, in our Skype conversations, and I'll be dressing up as her. But um, I do like how the hair tries to justify it as, well, Franklin and FDR, well, FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt were fifth cousins, so like it's chill. Um, you have to imagine, though, that all of us are global citizens and so we're all family here on this earth but some of us like actually are within six degrees of kevin bacon ancestrality right i don't know but if you are aware of it you should definitely not date that person well sure that that's a great point that is a great point i'm just saying like who knows what's really going on but until we all get tested if i don't know about it what i don't know i don't know we've completely neglected to mention tracy's storyline at all which is what? <laughs> so he's writing his autobiography with Tufer and Frank. So yeah, it's like sort of a it's sort of a throwaway storyline, and it all takes place. It's sort of like a mini bottle episode. It all essentially takes place in one room, which is fine, but the content isn't hugely great. It does give us a window into um, 
the movie he later makes that spoiler alert gets him an Oscar and it's like hard to watch. It's, it's sort of like lampooning, um, Sapphire based, wait, no, precious, precious based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. Yeah. Um, but like, I really don't even have a fucking notes on the thing. It's like, there's a sad pseudo depressing thing with his mom. He doesn't realize that what was on his Wikipedia page actually happened. Um, the kicker is that there is no autobiography. I mean, there is one, they successfully managed to write it, but no one actually wants the autobiography. Yeah, it's a throwaway B story, which is fine. There's yeah. plenty going which is on why, like, with my people. I feel like this C story. I'm guessing ep- C story. Yeah, which is why this episode doesn't earn more gemstones for me personally. I like the main storyline so much, but the other ones aren't quite as strong. I love the Kenneth bit, and I love the Liz and the hair, but the rest sort of falls a little. Plus, well, like, there's not as much Jenna, and I do love Jenna. I know you fucking hate her, but <laughs> I appreciate Jenna. Part of the score for me is based on, do I remember this episode and do I ever go back to it? So I definitely remember the head and the hair, right? Rural yeah. juror, totally got it. You know, this other one about something? Probably not. But this is one I have looked back on. The, like the John Hamm episodes, I will watch whenever I'm feeling down. Those are hilarious to me. I'll watch this one. So I don't get higher ratings for me because it has a really high rewatchable factor. So what are, what gemstone score are you going to give the head and the hair? I gave this one an 88. <gasps> a scandalor. <laughs> ah, too low? This is such a Kenneth heavy episode yeah. with a hot guy. I'm going 94. Wow. I think it is. I mean, and it like on IMDb, it's one of the highest rated episodes of the first season. So I agree. I don't, I mean, it's again, like I'm super fickle because I'm pretty sure in my notes, I have it rated way higher. But in this moment I was like, it feels like an 88. Maybe it's because I looked at Emma and that's the year in which she was born. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening with my brain, but that's where I'm going. So, well, I'm super glad we got to watch it. I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. I just love it. I love it so much. I like the Jack and, Liz are getting closer. I like her horrible dating <laughs> continues so far. We've had Dennis Duffy and now the hair gray very and it just gets person. worse. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Once again, she hired herself some hotties and she ends up with James Marston. So cause the chorus goes here <laughs> <laughs> and the hottie goes here. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure. And the chorus goes, goes here. here. <laughs> Singing always makes it better. So now that we're wrapping up this podcast, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? What are you going to do? Um, I think I'm going to paddle some swan boats for tourists, like as a, as a sex thing. You know, if Nick <laughs> writes anything down from the episode, he has to say it or we just can't be done. I know. And the chorus goes here. Blurg is a project of Teen Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank. Love you.